cannons. Box cannons. Box cannons. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 195. Say Chester Copperpot. Say it. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Say what? Chester Copperpot. Okay. Say it. No. Say it. No. Say it. Hello, listener. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Chester Copperpot. Woo! You said it. You said it. You said it. <laughs> yeah? This is Box Cutters. It's all about television. I still jo- don't understand. Josh owns you now, I believe. Yeah. Or possibly you're married in some countries. I, I think personal jinx is more powerful. <laughs> personal jinx. What was the difference between Jinx and Personal Jinx? Personal Jinx it had to be the person that put you in Jinx that said your name. Right, and Jinx was just anyone could say, your name. Could say your name. I can never follow these legal formalities. I know, yeah. I know. What is and isn't allowed to be barley? <laughs> no, barley's, barley's a construct for, for soft cocks. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Ooh, you've laid down the playground gauntlet. Hell yes, box cutters every week bringing the controversy. This week, with respect to television, we're going to look at, uh, it's a thing you may have missed, called The Lost Room, mm. a, a show from the Sci-Fi Channel uh, from 2006. I think they're, called, they're called Safi now. Yeah, yeah. The Safi oh, Channel. I thought it was Sci-Fi. Oh, is it? Or oh, Safi. Safi. Yeah, Safi just Sifi? Channel. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Oh, no, it would have double F if, if it was Sifi. But they were Sci-Fi back then. Back so, then yeah. it was Sci-Fi. Yeah. S-C-R-A. Yeah. Dash F-I. Do you know why? Because back then, apparently they did science fiction programming. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Now, they're just... Wrestling. Doing... Mostly wrestling, apparently. And, uh, and uh, MTV spin-offs. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, hi. So we're going to look at The Lost Room. Uh, we're going to speak to Tom Elliott. Uh, he's our guy who comes in because he knows stuff about things. He does. And I, I uh, regular listeners will know that uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've uh, had theories about uh, certain things that have been going on in the uh, the financials of the networks, um, and I want to put those to Tom because I well, really he, want to be vindicated. He he understands how the business side of the television industry works. He understands why people make decisions when we just go, "What the hell are they doing? They're ruining our television." He'll he'll tell us why they're ruining our television. And Brett just sounded crazy before when you said, "I've had theories." I really liked. I'd like to think you're in a, a tinfoil hat while you're saying that. No, no, it's, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I, I, I don't they're think my it's theories <laughs> by an elk, a elk. He thinks that he thinks the uh, John, yeah, International Federation of School Teachers. Oh, damn them! What? I know. Yeah, no, Who? yeah, no, no. He, that's his controlling. They control all the information. And welcome to Andrew Bolt. <laughs> International Federation of School Teachers. You just watch out for them, Brett. You watch out for them. <laughs> Ifst. Uh, Brett, you went to see uh, Flash Forward in a, a, a television Special screen. event. Special yeah. screening. Channel 7. Special Disney. screening. Exclusive. In a, in a cinema and everything. Mm. So you're going uh, you, to uh, tell us what that was like. Mm. Uh, we've got one thing. We've got pork. Uh, I want to... Let listeners know that they only have eight weeks left to get their pictures in, <laughs> and in two weeks' time, we are going to have somebody in to look at your pictures. Chad. Well, so far, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, I, I think there'll be extra points for long-term listeners who send us their pictures before uh, this goes broader-based. 
can I say? Potentially, yeah. 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 There, there may be there may be a, a call for uh, for pictures in the more general media, and you can win yourself a crumpler bean bag. Hell yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. I, I brought some letters in as well. Oh, excellent. Yeah. All right, we'll throw them in as well in the with mix. the in in the bag in the bean bag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we time. we'll probably we'll probably right, end sweet. up having time. Uh, Why we, don't we do first though? Uh, now we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. I'll be the phone. Brett Cropley. I'd better turn on my mic. <laughs> yeah, that'd help. <laughs> I, I, I thought that I did, actually. Um, this will be news to uh, people that uh, have been keeping an eye on the political landscape in Australia and uh, how coverage has been uh, portrayed on that. Once I find my article, this is terrible. Um, there's been a study uh, from a university. It's, John, you know, when, when Brett's feeling... Like when, when he's just trying to lengthen his sentences to to find yeah. what he's going to talk about, you can't even tell. No, no, it's seamless. <laughs> so it? seamless. Seamless. Well, let me tell you. According to researchers at the Australian National University, uh, it turns out that ABC Television News is actually the most pro coalition uh, news service of them all. This Hang on, was, as, in, uh, as in it's, it's biased towards right wing reporting towards the coalition uh, between the years nineteen ninety six to two thousand and seven. Um, this was from a, uh, a, a research into all news articles uh, in that time by research. And, well, yet, and, yet, and yet still the Liberals are pushing that barrow. There was an article in The Age only a week or so ago. Peter Costello saying there's, there's no yes. right-wing people on, on ABC radio Peter Costello was claiming that when he walks into the ABC, people spit at him. Hang that, on, that's, that's only timely paraphrasing what he said. He, he did actually say something along those lines. That's a little bit unclear. He does wear raincoats a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's, is it pro-coalition or is it pro-government? Because 1996-2007, they are a single government. Um, it, those, uh, those years are for a single government. So, they were, yes. So, so it was so, all under uh, John Howard's tenure. So is this, is this actually pro-coalition or are we going to find that uh, 2007 through 2000, I don't know, 18, let's say, mm. uh, that those years will be pro-Labor, according to that same kind of research. But really, oh, we'll it just means that the ABC is pro-government. To be able to see, yeah. But um, it's interesting that uh, through that period, you had the communications minister, Richard Alston, mm-hmm. um, who really didn't know what he was doing, and so many other uh, conservatives <laughs> coming out and, and saying that uh, the ABC was, was outrageously biased against the government, against the coalition, and was uh, full of uh, bleeding-heart lefties. Um, when the the actual uh, uh, um, research into into uh, what was actually out there says pretty much the exact opposite. Yeah, still, I think which it's you know a- I, I suspected at the time, and clearly it was just about them wanting to destroy Media Watch and, and have to and is have it- Monica Rattard uh, wasting time by giving anybody that she criticises uh, time to respond. Were the results overwhelmingly pro-coalition? Um, well, the ABC television news was the most pro-coalition of all TV news services. But oh, when yeah. you say... Mm, yeah, most of all. Most, most of all, but is that, you know, 
52 to 48%. But still, being, being more than Channel 9, that would be surprising and difficult, I would have thought. Well, only uh, maybe they just covered... I mean, w- is this uh, on a per-minute basis? Is it on a per-story basis? Per-second basis? Per-story, I would imagine. Right, um, so it could, it could also just be that the ABC covers more... More government and political stories than the other networks. But they that would still be a percentage and I guess each story would be marked No, on because if, if they're reporting on what the government lands. does uh, and news not supposed to actually be leaning any particular so way. So Brett's bought in his news story. Brett's bought in his news story. Look at my pretty news story. It's like a cuddly bear made of wool. And you've just like torn the bear apart. You've yeah. just unraveled his news story until there's nothing but a pile of stuffing and some well, plastic Well, I think, I think, I think when, re- reports, when reports like this come out, uh, they, they need to be questioned because is it pro-coalition or is it just that they're reporting on what the government does? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's, that's a really important point to make. I'll actually see if I can uh, get in touch with Andrew Lee, who uh, was the study author and is an ANU economist, uh, to uh, get a copy of the uh, full results of the study or actually speak to him. That would be, that, that mm. would be great. Because what the show needs is more economists. But no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, just because you're bored by a particular subject... You know, just uh, just uh, don't don't turn up. You can copy my notes. Look, I I, I, I just don't know whether we we you know think perhaps that financial news is more interesting to a general audience than perhaps it is. I don't know. I could be wrong. It's not like we're covering sport, John. No, that's true. What have you got? Um, oh, look, I'm going to go. Uh, let's go with go go. Now, Brett, at the beginning, you said that uh, barley was for for what? Softcocks. Softcocks, which is a bit of course like a soft launch, which it turns out we've been mocking go. Turns out they're not really launched. We thought oh. they launched. That was a soft launch. Yeah, it's it's kind of convenient for them, isn't it? That uh, they actually launched the uh, the new channel, and everybody. Well, I haven't I haven't seen really much uh, much positive reaction to well, that. And a few weeks down the track, there. Yeah, but that wasn't it even wasn't, a it real wasn't the real launch. one. Yeah, according just to you Box- wait. It's going to be the most galactic thing in the world. Well, Box I- box cutters is not starting properly until week 250. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, <laughs> according to the TV Tonight website, uh, the, the, what we thought was a launch uh, back in August was actually, uh, August 9th, was the soft launch. The real launch is happening on Sunday, October 4th. <laughs> so, yeah, that's still a way to go. And, and uh, what's going to happen then? They're going to put real shows on, apparently. They just wanted to wait until after Yom Kippur. <laughs> so, apparently, uh, many new real shows will, will come on, including The Vampire Diaries. Oh, the, the, the much-anticipated <laughs> Vampire Diaries much that we've never heard of. From Kevin Williamson, who, um, who, oh! who wrote Scream and Dawson's Creek. Uh, it's from the CW Network. So it's a stamp of quality. Also, that's the, the Country Western Network. They don't, mention, they don't mention that he also wrote Wasteland. And an air date is yet to be confirmed. Uh, now, there's, this is actually a very long article from TV Tonight, which just doesn't have a huge amount of actual information in it. But um, basically, Nine says that Go's going to be better and much more interesting than that. And it won't be playing quite so much CSI. Um, <laughs> no, that's an actual fact here. They're scaling back at CSI nights from two to one. Um, they're going to include the fifth and final series of The Wire. Uh, Weeds and Curb Your Enthusiasm will also be playing. Uh, they're considering airing the updating upcoming, upcoming what are, what are, Survivor Samoa series. What are, did you say The Wire? Yeah, well, Chan- Channel ABC 9. ABC 2 have just Yeah, but Channel 9. Yeah, but ABC 2 have repeat rights 
to The Wire. So did Nine actually channel- play The Wire? Yeah. Did it actually get played? I first, I first found <laughs> I the, didn't even know that. the Wire on Channel 9 in 2002 or January 2003. It used to be on Monday nights at 12.30 following Freaks and Geeks at 11.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. So, so it had a pretty prime Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was right there. Um, but no, they were also sitting on, on great television. This is just... How many mulligans is Channel 9 going to get before they, they actually have a launch that's right? Well, when they say, oh, no, that one wasn't our real launch but either. So this article's full of things like, Ghost has more ideas up its sleeve to cement its place with younger viewers. Further encore screenings of favourite titles will emerge in late night slots. That's not an actual programming decision. That's just what they're doing now. The ARIA music show is filling the 1 to 7 a.m. block. Uh, it'll make room for repeats of other Go shows. Uh, the ARIA awards will air on 9, but the red carpet will air on Go. Woohoo! And... Um, uh, yeah, and they're going to be taking Funniest Home Videos off Go because otherwise you get it confused which one you were watching. That has to obviously stay with the premium station because that's the quality programming. Um, so, yeah, so apparently they'll they'll just keep relaunching John, it until until we're done. Financials and economics uh, may, may bore you, but I think Josh is now dead. Have, he, he was bored to death. I have killed Josh with Literally. Go. I think Go has killed Josh, though. I think that's Go is just I, I just... I just want them to shut the hell up. Just... <laughs> You know what? Go away, because I don't. I don't care. You're just putting on repeats, or you're putting on things that you could have made some really good television decisions about, and you're just backpedaling. And and Brett, you you bring up mulligans, yeah. and don't do that when you're talking about Channel Nine products, because then people will just get angry about how they've been treating the golf, and then we'll end up talking about sport, which will bore John. None of us know anything about sport, do we? I didn't know Channel I- Nine even had. The golf isn't Channel Ten the PGA network of choice. Oh, golf! Like six I thought you were in the morning. Golf. I was thinking war. So ah. I go to politics. No, no, because then because they, they were gonna they were gonna rename it golf. Right. <laughs> yeah, I go to politics in my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of politics, this yeah. is your, this is Woo. your happy place. Uh, HBO producers uh, wanted to go to China to do a documentary about the school collapses in the Sichuan earthquake last year. Mm, a lot of uh, discontent amongst the population in China. Yes. Uh, and uh, about uh, you the know, shoddy workmanship on the Shoddy doors. workmanship. A lot of people died. Uh, the the uh, documentary was called uh, China's Unnatural Disaster, The Tears of Sichuan Province. And uh, the Chinese Yum. consulate in New York <laughs> refused him and filmmakers John Alpert and Matthew O'Neill visas into China. Are we surprised? That because they, they, the Chinese government actually uh, prevented local news sources from reporting on uh, the, the unhappiness. Actually, yeah, I'm a bit surprised they thought they could get visas, in all honesty, without... I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they applied for the visas, but, yeah, you think it would be a very hard thing to get anyway. You'd have to try and find some, like, sit in the getaway team or something to... <laughs> To hide what you're actually doing. Well, the thing is, they've 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 made the documentary. Uh, the documentary was due to screen at the Beijing Independent Film Festival, mm-hmm. or BIF, as it's yeah, more widely known. Yeah. Uh, but not being the Brisbane International. And Festival. so the so so they weren't uh, they weren't denied visas to make the documentary. They were denied visas having made the documentary. Uh, I think I think the the problem is not. Oh well, China—they're trying to censor people because clearly, you know, we're aware of that. I think the news here is that we're surprised that somebody said no to HBO. Right. Yeah. Because at this point, surely you'd go, yeah, HBO. HBO, bring it on. It'll be award-winning. That's dead set ratings, Brett. 
Uh, talking of ratings, and thank you very much for that setup. Uh, it is reported on TV tonight uh, that Oztam are looking to start collecting data on time shift viewing, i.e., uh, devices that people record their shows onto and then watch it at a time. Or devices people use to travel at the time in time. That's actually being broadcast well. from December 27, 2009. This is, this, uh, this is two weeks after the news that somebody else is going to be doing time shifting uh, the US ratings. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Australia, Australia. But yeah, Ostam, only two weeks. Only two, only two oh, weeks. No, only two stuff. weeks to yeah. say we're going to do it at Us the end too. of the year. Yeah. 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 Only two weeks. Good on you, Ostam. How how are you going to get those figures? Well, Ostam would up. actually have to uh, <laughs> change their technology, wouldn't they? Whereas Foxtel has the box and uh, just starts Telling, telling the logs not to delete themselves. <laughs> the, um, the, the thing with Oztam is they're not going to have to change their technology. No? No, because the, the chicken will just decide whatever it wants. Oh, yes. That's the what it chicken. does. Mm. The chicken has its own That's reasons. That's a nice chicken last night. Speaking also ratings, uh, very quick and good news for lovers of Mad Men such as myself. The fourth series has been confirmed already, very early and earlier than anyone was expecting on the fact that uh, season three premiere drew a record 4.5 million viewers in US on August 16th. It's the highest rating it's had, which also means it's a good show that's actually getting more people as it goes along. And it, uh, it also means AMC is getting viewers, which uh, for a... Uh, oh, yeah. AMC's happy. Lionsgate, who makes it, says it's become their signature show around the world. You know, they're happy. Um, I think they also made uh, The Lost Room, oddly enough. They, they did? Yeah. Um, so it's, got a, it's a win for everyone. It's a great show. And um, just great so early on to know that it's got at least a fourth series. Hooray. That's, that's, that is excellent news. Uh, Free TV Australia. Remember them? They're not Freeview. They're a completely different body. Okay. Is who's, Kim Dalton the head of that? Uh, yes. Uh, really? That's yes. not Freeview. Because no. he's also uh, the head of Freeview. Correct. Yes. Oh, Kim Dalton. Wow. Not Kim Dalton. He's the head of Freeview. Also having a job at the ABC. Correct. No, that's Kim uh, Dalton. I don't think we've ever mentioned my, my dissatisfaction with ABC running ads. No. For Freeview. Oh, I, we I have. Think that well oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did no, no, at the time. I think you, I think you ran yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Well done. We were, we were with you. Uh, Dodgeable. So, man. yes, Kim... Kim Dalton, who is uh, ABC's head of TV, uh, is also uh, speaking on behalf of Free TV Australia and is also the head of Freeview, but I don't believe has any conflict of interest in those three oh, areas. Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, he, he, has, uh, he has said this week that uh, the free-to-air TV broadcasters are going to come together to create an on-demand streaming video service to TV screens. Sorry, I, I'm terrified Brett's going to do copyright infringement. Do not. Don't. Do not. So while... Uh, he's going to start doing the Beatles, and then we won't be able to pay, and we'll have to take the whole podcast down, and there'll be this big gap while and we the, can't fit in. While there. the whole world is waiting for an Australian version of Hulu... Uh, and while Well, not quite the whole world is waiting for an Australian version of Hulu. Yeah, the whole world. Yeah, I the spoke, whole world of Australia. Yeah, because the rest of the world have their own version of Hulu. It's called Hulu. Ah, oh, so the whole of Australia. Then. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I've just okay. I've got the Venn diagram in my mind. <laughs> got it. It's like how uh, we voted Meadow Lee our favourite margarine. Oh, did we? Hmm. Was there? Although that may that? have been at a time when it was still being called margarine. That was, I thought that was a plebiscite. I, think, I thought actually. that was the uh, Cats of Australia. 
voted margarine. The cats of Australia aren't <laughs> waiting for Hulu. They made the choice. Hulu. Yeah, for Snappy Tom. Snappy Tom. <laughs> True fact. There's um, so, uh, so while we're all waiting for Hulu... Uh, I can't so, I've got and, the Snappy Tom head, <laughs> song in my head now. Can we I are, get through this new we item? <laughs> Where's our Hulu? Yeah, Snappy News this week, we said. Snappy News. Tom. <laughs> yeah, Snappy Tom News. Uh, so they're going to actually do streaming to televisions via set-top boxes and gaming consoles. Yes, I so, heard this. So things like Xbox Live TV, they're going to have their own version where they will stream on-demand television shows straight to your television. And this is Free TV Australia. Yes. That's what, that's what they're looking at doing. There's no conflict? Seriously, Kim? Because, <laughs> like, the ABC, you've had iView for some time. iView's fantastic. Yeah. I fully support Isn't that pretty much exactly what it is? Except, no, because except that if it's you don't not have a free view box, then you don't get it. I didn't realize. Oh, can you get can you get iView on free view boxes? I'm sorry. Well, that's what. That's exactly no, 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 what this is. No, it? but uh, iView is is to your computer. Yeah, which you can hook up to you. No, 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 no. Only gaming consoles and set top boxes can be hooked up to your television. <laughs> Nothing else can. <laughs> Nothing else. Nothing else in the world. Nothing else. That HDMI slot, you cannot connect a computer to it. That's imaginary. It is, it is entirely imaginary. If you've got a, uh, a, a computer monitor slot on your, uh, on your television, as uh, my dad does, for mm-hmm. example, uh, yeah, there's actually nothing you can do with that. Doesn't, doesn't nothing work at all. Nothing at all. No. 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 Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know. Cool. Good to know. Well, that's a good place to uh, leave. And that <laughs> is the Box Cutters News. I'm Andy Anderson, and I'm with the Box Cutters. This is box cutting at its extreme, at its pinnacle. And we're pleased to have joining us in the Box Cutters studio, our correspondent who knows things about stuff, Snappy Tom Elliott. Box Cutters, good afternoon. Nice to be here again. Or good evening, I should say. Uh, good good whatever. Good it can thing. be any time. It's all good. It's hey, Tom, do you it's just want to check your ring there? You you mean, bit... No, I don't have a ring on. <laughs> I'm checking Tom's ring. Thank you. <laughs> you nice. Thank you very much for that, John. Uh, our, our resident yeah, ring don't, checker. Don't. <laughs> um, now, Tom, it's been a long time since uh, we've had you in for a chat, um, and uh, a lot of stuff has happened uh, just recently. I'm wondering uh, what, what your perspective is uh, at this point. Is Kerry Stokes the only person who owns a network in this country at the moment um, who knows what they're actually doing? Well, yes, he is the only person in Australia who owns a commercial TV network right now. Um, uh, and even then, he only owns less than half. So Channel 9 is majority owned by, um, by uh, CBC. Uh, Channel 10 is still majority owned by Canwest, although not for much longer, because Canwest in, in Canada is under enormous financial pressure, and 10 is its major asset, so it needs to sell it. But, but they're not allowed to sell 10, are they? Hasn't uh, the, the asset been used as, uh, as, collateral. as collateral for uh, funding, for, for financing? Well, it has, but I mean, the financiers would be very happy to see that collateral turn into cash. To actually get the cash straight yeah, back. Yeah, get to the, the cash base. back, yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, Kerry Stokes owns a roughly half share in Seven. So the listed company Seven actually only owns half of a thing called Seven Broadcasting. And the listed company Seven is essentially an investment company now. And uh, that investment company is being used, amongst other things, to have a crack at consolidated media. Which yes, of course uh, is, they asked for a, a list of shareholders over the weekend. Yeah, Seven asked for a list of shareholders. The major shareholder, of course, is 
uh, well, it's Consolidated Press Holdings, which is James Packer's private company. So it owns, he owns 41 and a bit percent. Kerry Stokes owns just under 20. And under takeover laws, you can't go above 20 without making a bid for the whole company. And the rumour is that he's asked for a copy of the share register because he intends to make a bid. Well, that's been the report from uh, CMH. Yes, CM, CMJ. CMJ. If you're talking you're gonna, about, you're gonna, about the symbol or about the <laughs> yeah, yep. so so what what's happening here? Sorry if I'm digressing, but I've said in the past on this particular segment that you know, I think free to air TV has got a limited lifespan. It'll still be around in ten years, but it's it's a declining asset, and so the smart media proprietors have been selling out, and that's what Stokes and Packer both did. Packer, I think, has pretty much wants to be out of media, and so you see he sold the stake in Seek. Um, and, and his, his only remaining investment is, in fact, his holding in Consolidated Media. And Consolidated Media's only media asset is the stake in Foxtel, 25%. Mm. And the only other media company really like that is Ostar, which is a, a sort of regional pay TV company. So Kerry Stokes wants a chunk of Foxtel. Remember, he used to have C7, which, which went bust about in 2002. He tried to sue Foxtel or he sued News Corp. He sued Channel 9. Yeah, he he sued loves everyone. suing people. <laughs> And now he's on the financial offensive and he's buying shares in consolidated media. And the other twist of the story is that uh, uh, Telstra owns 50% of Foxtel and News Corp owns the other 25. News Corp isn't going to sell. Telstra might be forced by the federal government as part of the whole broadband or national broadband network to sell its 50%. And that's what I think Stokes has his eye on. So he's trying to get control of the 25% of Foxtel that sits in consolidated media and the 50% of Foxtel that Telstra owns. Mm. And then, and then he could make Foxtel pay uh, pay C seven back for uh, for ruining the. the I, I don't channel. think I don't think he wants it. He just wants it. He sees pay TV as the future, and pay TV is one of the few broadcast media, especially well, and Foxtel in particular, which um, showed growth in revenue over the past twelve months, and all the others went downhill. Radio, print, free to air, you name it. So, yeah. and this is all after seeing Stokes uh, leading a charge on WA News and and. Picking up, uh, did he force board positions? He there? did. He did. He owns. Look, his style. Although even though I've said he might try and force a takeover, his style generally is to buy large but minority stakes and then just get his way on the board. He, you know, for instance, when he originally bought into Channel Seven, he did that. He bought twenty percent, and, and under the takeover provisions, you, you can buy three percent of a company every six months without making a bid. So he kept doing that. And then he used the company's cash to buy back other people's shares, but not his own shares. So as a result, his percentage holding in the company crept up to around 44 45%, mm-hmm. which is what he owns today. And he may do the same thing with Consolidated Media. My feeling is that James Packer wants out. He was prepared to sell to Lachlan Murdoch over a year ago. They disagreed on price, but they didn't disagree on the idea that, that Packer wanted to sell out and focus on his, uh, on his gambling assets. So I think that's the end game here. Stokes to to, to end up controlling Foxtel. Now, what's, can we, so what's the can, deal? Can we with... can we go back to the two channel sevens, <laughs> to uh, seven and seven broadcasting? That's one. Yeah. There's a company called Seven, and there's a company called Seven Broadcasting. To, to, be clear, to be clear, there's a listed company called Seven, mm-hmm. and there is a broadcaster called Seven, and that's the best way to to, to okay. divide them. So last week. Uh, one of those two companies announced a greatly reduced profit. Yes. Uh, I think something like 8.2%. Uh, 86.6%. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. That was the, yeah. which that was, was the listed company, Seven, which, amongst other things, owns half of Seven, the broadcasting. Okay. So, so Seven, the broadcasting company, did not uh, – 
th- that wasn't their profit announcement. Well, no, it wasn't, but it's almost undoubtedly the case that their profit has also gone down because the company that owns half of them, the, the listed seven, controlled by Kerry Stokes, one of the reasons it had to write down its profits was because the value of its investments had gone down, and one of those investments is the Channel 7 network. But, but then the 7 network could be uh, very similar to the 9 network and the 10 network where they've actually uh, made uh, you know, essentially losses over the last, uh, o- over the last year. Because mm. uh, what they said was... The, the the way the news article went was uh, Seven have announced a reduced profit because they had uh, depreciated a number of their assets. Uh, essentially, they they did a whole lot of write downs and, yeah. uh, but that's actually the listed company Seven, yeah. not the broadcasting okay. company. The, the seven. listed company Seven owns it now owns twenty one percent of sorry twenty percent of consolidated media, roughly forty seven percent of the Seven network. It owns uh, quite a few other investments in a company called GRD, for example. It owns a big chunk of that. It's a listed investment company. Because of the financial crisis, its shares have all been, well, by and large, been written down below what they paid, with the exception of consolidated media. Like most investment companies, it has to take the stick to the value of its assets when that happens. So amongst those assets probably was the holding value of Channel 7, but it wasn't the only thing. It made investment losses pretty much um, across the page. So I guess the thing, including West Australian newspapers, I mean, Stokes bought in at prices approaching $10 a share and the stock is $5 a share. So it has to reflect that being a lot weaker as well. Mm. Um, so, so, so it's just about uh, corporate responsibility as far as uh, financing based on their asset value rather than Channel 7 making a reasonable profit and writing those down while they can, while, while 9 and 10 are in troubles with their parent companies uh, and, and their finances um, so that as a strategy next year they're going to be superstars. It's, look, that's, that's, uh, that's like trying to invent a conspiracy theory when there isn't one. I don't think it, there's any, any conspiracy theory. Well, no, but no, or... it's an investment company. It's bound by the rules of how you value investments. There's very little choice in this matter, especially where no, the other investors... That wasn't just an opportunity they took. No, well, I mean, they, they have to. I mean, they have to write it down. They don't want to write these things down because they want to see their investments going up. Look, to, to put it in a nutshell, the, the three free-to-air TV networks, 10, 9 and 7, the commercial ones, are all in trouble. The, the private equity groups, KKR and CVC, that bought into um, uh, uh, 7 and 9, wish they hadn't done so. Uh, having said that, CamWest is in so much trouble that 10 is still its best asset. But that's only because its Canadian assets are just so, so the, bad. Yeah. CanWest's best asset is still an asset that nobody else wants to no, buy. No, nobody else would buy. Um, they're all potentially for sale. And the proprietors, uh, like Stokes, are looking beyond free-to-air and saying... Well, let's just milk this for what cash we can get out of it. Let's cut costs, which I think was a question you were going to ask about what CVC is doing at nine. Mm. But let's go to the next game, which is maybe uh, pay TV. Now, is CVC uh, how, lo- how long are they going to be taking losses on Channel Nine before oh, they, they realise that they have no idea about how to run a TV network and sell it to somebody that does have an idea, uh, cutting their losses? Well, okay, the first part, how long will they keep doing it? I mean, some private equity groups do have patience. The problem is that even if they wanted to sell right now, to whom would they sell? I mean, I can't think of anybody who'd buy it. Unless, we've unless got about there. 70 bucks between us. Yeah. Well, the money around this table probably could buy it as long as you're prepared to take on the massive amount of debt that goes with it. The reality is the equity 
in Channel 9 and possibly in Channel 7, I'm talking about the broadcasters here, is not worth very much at all. They geared up at the, just before the financial crisis hit. They also failed to see you know, the, the developments surrounding broadcast television, how that was going to change. And I think the, um, the buyers of 9 and 7 are sort of stuck with it now. So, so even if they approached it in a uh, 1980s corporate raider sense, uh, they still couldn't get their money back out of it? No, I think they I think what they the I think what they I think what they're um they've sort of resolved to doing is saying, well, look, let's just run it lean. Let's get out of it what we can. So let's show on Channel Nine two but, and a half men endlessly. But that's not how you run a creative organisation. Well, and this you is, need you need people with with ideas, and and they're not just money people. Where we've got to fix the bottom line. So all we do is cut, cut, cut. This is this is. Well, what I, I think I think Brett, you're stuff. failing to see the. Changes Eddie Maguire made to the format of the Millionaire Quiz Program, for example, where it's Millionaire from. Hot Seat. Oh, yes, yeah, so enthralling. Yeah. Who wants twenty Eddie, bucks? Eddie as CEO was was the beginning of the downfall, really, wasn't it? I mean, can I just tell you? Eddie Kerry became Kerry. CEO, and one of his first appointments was me in a very minor role on the Sunday <laughs> program, and. Uh, I knew from that Fair disclosure. Po- I knew from that point on that <laughs> Channel Nine was basically buggered. <laughs> uh, voice of Doom, Tom Elliott. The, uh, the is it becoming known in the business world that running a TV station is not the same as running any other company? Because that that seems to be the lesson that's coming out of it. CVC uh, have bought into bought into Nine and are trying to run it like they would other companies. They're streamlining. They're cutting. They're cutting costs. They're they're sacking staff, and that's that is no way to improve uh, Channel Nine I, as uh, as a ratings winner. I, I think you're thinking about TV as it was, not as it is now. I'm thinking about it as I love it, as you as you'd like it to be. Look at it this way: if you look at you know the pure thing about ratings and what the audience likes to watch, you know the audience will watch cheap shows as much as they'll watch expensive, hard-to-make ones. With news and current affairs, which used to be Nine's you know, real capability, that's moved on because it's become so rapid now that by the time something gets on a TV network, it's already a bit old. You know, like people watch websites and things to see There's what's a going bit on. of that. But also, ACA went downhill and Channel 9 News started going into the, the field where ACA had vacated. I know, but can I tell you, I mean, I just think that if... If you look at what audiences are interested in, it is the foot in your door, local cat up a tree type stuff. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's difficult to sort of you don't want to do what Packer said and say never overestimate the Australian audience. But the point is, what people want to ch- uh, watch has changed. The, the way they get their news and current affairs has changed, and that doesn't leave the TV networks much to go because if you compare, you know, our networks with say the BBC, the BBC is a generator of content that is seen worldwide. Okay, so whether it's TV or internet or radio or whatever, they're generating, they're they're, they're making things up that the whole world quite likes to watch. What does Australian television do? By and large, it's a bit like the Australian car industry. It repackages things that essentially were designed overseas and just puts them on here. That was fine when it had the, you know, there wasn't much competition for it. But now there is competition for it in the form of pay TV and the internet, and they're floundering because 
even if they did generate stuff that the Australian audience wants to watch, the Australian audience you know, isn't that enraptured with Australian programming. I mean, they're just not. You know, every now and then a MasterChef comes along, which itself is just a repackaging of, a, of an overseas um, yeah. show. And it happens to take off mainly because they've got a good host or good characters or whatever. But it's not uniquely Australian and it's not something that you know, we've we thought up and have generated intellectual property and can sell to the rest yeah, of the world. you can't sell it back because no, no one in the no. UK wants to watch so it. So doesn't that, that problem come back to uh, the networks don't have the, the talented producers, programmers, uh, because they've sacked them? I, I think it's deeper than that. I, I, I honestly think the world has changed around them. I don't think it would matter who you employed or whatever, that we will never have the scale to produce lots and lots of great shows that not just Australians... So you're talking about population. Yeah, it we've got, we've got, pay for itself. No. Yep. So we'll, we'll, we don't have the population to even to, to justify spending too much on programs. And, you know, to, you know we, we're being arrogant in thinking the rest of the world, to be honest, wants to watch Australian programming anyway because most of them don't. So, and, and then, but that was all fine when the only broadcast platform was free-to-air TV. And what's happened in the last five to ten years is that other platforms have come along and they're grabbing all the profitable bits and leaving TV with, you know, look, it still gets the regular viewer, but it's not getting the teenagers anymore. You ask anybody with teenage children, do they watch free-to-air TV? And the answer is no. Whereas we all did. YouTubing and... Well, yeah. And also, yeah. I think when it comes to, let's call it real programs, you know, um, things like your West Wings and your, your Mad Men and whatever, people are buying those on DVD now as well. So Or, or downloading them. Yeah, either mm. downloading them for mm. nothing or paying you know, money to buy them in some way that doesn't go past advertisers mm. at all. Or they're watching them first, like a lot of programs on, on um, pay TV. So take The Wire, for example. I mean, you've been able to see that for ages on Foxtel. Now you can watch it on ABC too. But, you know, most people who wanted to watch it, who heard about it, watched it a couple of years ago in another format, and even though it's now only being shown on a, on a, a government broadcaster anyway. So, T- 2002, well, Monday nights, 12.30. Exactly. On Channel, on Channel 9. 9 it? It was, yeah, it was on. But also, as we, as we heard yeah. in the news, uh, ABC2 are showing The Wire from the beginning, but uh, Go, uh, with their heart launch, are uh, going to start rescreening it as well. Mm. well actually, what's well, it? They're playing season five. I don't know if that means they're playing is, seasons one through four. No, no, no. no that's, it's, the, it's the season that they have not yet played. So Channel 9 have been playing The Wire right. all this time, mm. just at a time that only exists in Einsteinian quantum right. theory. Okay. So, so what I'd say, I'd, I'd stop looking for salvation in TV with, oh, if only they employ the right people to do this or that. Look at, the, look at the, the big currents that are going on. I actually don't think it would make much difference. You know, the reality is there isn't the money in Australian TV. Look, the odd drama comes up and it's good and, you know, the odd underbelly pops up, and that can be quite good. And you know, the odd thing like a you know, I don't know, name a show will come along and might even sell well overseas. But by and large, the the, the profitable bits that subsidised everything else are going away, and that's the problem. So what's what's to stop Hulu launching an Australian site or just opening up uh, Hulu so that Australians can watch? Uh, Nothing. Television shows. Oh, well, I mean, there's probably legislation that says that they can't. Territory agreements. I mean, the same way that pay TV took about three decades longer to get here than the rest of the world. But uh, TiVo. TiVo, you know, that was a long time coming. But um, I just just think that there's still a role for for good content. And the good thing about content these days is it's cheaper to make than what it used to be. CGI is cheaper. Actors are cheaper. You know, you can put together programs more cheaply and there's, and there's different means by which you can broadcast them, whether it's any one of the internet TV shows available or TV stations. 
I think that I just think that's the way it's going to go. So with uh, with this uh, the good content coming from the BBC still uh, in this world of online stuff, um, James Murdoch's speech attacking the BBC in the UK over you shouldn't be getting uh, the license fees from uh, viewers over there. Um, it really is just them taking out an effective competitor. Well, it, it is. You need to. I mean, it's important to understand in Britain you've got this tax. I mean, they still drive vans around detecting, you know, televisions in people's houses and saying, "Oh, there's two yeah. TVs and there's only one license. We better send the police in to go and find them," which is a ridiculous way of I'm doing not, it. I'd never believed in that. No, but I mean, yeah. but one of the things is that, for instance, Fox at the moment wants to make news. You know, like on its websites, you've got to pay for it, but it's difficult to do. when the BBC says, well, "We're going to offer all our stuff, internet, wherever, completely free." Like, how are you going to make people pay for it? if your major competitor, which also happens to be government subsidised, is giving it away for nothing. And I think that's a legitimate argument. But that argument against the BBC has been around since, well, since the BBC began. It's not a, it's not a new argument. It keeps, it used, you know, Lord Rothermere used to say the same thing in the 30s because he probably wanted to get into broadcasting and couldn't, so he was stuck with his newspapers. Tom Elliott, Voice of Doom... Oh, no, no, not Doom. Great opportunities. This is the thing. I That's mean, only uh, if Tom works for them. Ah. <laughs> no, 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 I pick and choose. But no, I, I think it's a wonderful time to be in media because, you know, you are no longer beholden to the big platforms, if you like. You yeah, can but, go out and do your own thing. But what are people going to put in their lounge rooms? There's just going to be a hole in people's lounge rooms. No, there will be a big screen. It'll just be connected to a computer rather than to an aerial. No, we've already discussed that. You can't do that. They've got slots and stuff that look like you can hook a computer. But if you believe Free TV Australia, no, it's only it's only yeah game consoles and and Freeview badged. It's like that little hole on the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no purpose unless you fire unless you a laser into it. Yeah, how do those lasers actually join up at an angle and then turn into one big one? I never understood that. No, that's just perspective. That's just that's just distance and and perspective. Stay on target. Stay on target. Thanks so much, Tom. Pleasure. Hi, this is Television Scott Brennan. Apparently, there's no N in box cutter. This is the box cutters. The Lost Room is a show from 2006 from the then-called Sci-Fi Channel in the US. Stars Peter Krause as a policeman who uh, comes across a, a crime scene. Detective. Well, it's, it's a police detective. Yes. Not a private detective. No. It's not Veronica not Mars. Not walking a beat either, though. No. He's also not an undertaker uh, or a sports journalist. But it's still Peter Krause. Nor a lawyer. When, when was he a lawyer? Uh, dirty, sexy money. Ah, of course. And yes, and he's not Dakota Fanning. True fact. Fact. <laughs> it's a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> uh, but he does. He does have a daughter who I was. I was watching. So uh, Peter Krause's uh, daughter. So mm-hmm. he plays Jim Miller. His daughter's name is Anna. Uh, She's played by Elle Fanning. Well, I was. Yes. I didn't. I didn't know this. I was watching it, and going, wow. The world doesn't need Dakota Fanning because you know, they, they can just pay that girl to this, do it for half the price. This is the world's messiest intro to anything, isn't it? If you haven't seen the show, what's it about? Oh, okay. So, uh, Jim Miller, uh, detective, comes across a crime scene where people seem to be burnt, but their clothes aren't burnt. So, uh, it's assumed that it was some kind of uh, electric shock. Turns out it was a fight over a key. The key. Did you miss the first scene in the series? No. no. Okay. No, I just, I just think that's probably the weakest part of the series. Also, that first you're telling the story better. His name's Joe. Oh, Joe. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. What did yeah. I say? Jim. Ah, uh, whatever. They all look alike. Anyway, the uh, Jim Turner. Uh, no, Miller. Joe Miller. <laughs> 
Anyway, so uh, it's it's a, a fight about a key, and uh, the key has mysterious powers. Joe Miller discovers that the key can open any door. This it is can, what is told. Yeah, just before the the former possessor. Uh, it's just, it's just details, details, details. Yeah. The key can open any door, uh, and it opens any door into a motel room. And doesn't matter where you are, you can always get to this motel room. And from that motel as room, long as there's a door. you can get anywhere as long as there's a door. This leads to a swing uh, door. Anyway, and the whole point is about there are all these objects that have come from the hotel room. Uh, and there are many, many people in the world trying to find these objects, competing over these objects. Uh, Joe loses his daughter in the room, and so his quest is to get the daughter back while being both hindered and aided by various other people who are trying to find the hundred objects that have come from this room. At all, least a hundred. At least a hundred. All normal I was, objects. I was just going to say, why doesn't he interrupt you? Because like, you... like, I'm making sense. Um, things like uh, there's a comb, there's a watch, there's a, there's a, they're all basic items. I love the pace of this story. You would find in a 1961 <laughs> hotel room, except that each of them now has weird powers and no one's quite sure what the powers necessarily are. There's a radio, for example, that makes you three inches taller if you tune it to the right station. I apparently. love that. Um, so so some, of them, some of them are useless. There's a watch that just boils an egg if you put it in the middle of the watch. Hard boil. Yes, some of them do things like the comb can actually make you teleport. They're, so it's a, it's a brilliant free mix of um, oh, it's free time. Is that what it does? Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten. I actually watched this a long time ago, and I, I watched oh. I rewatched the the first episode. It's a it's a three part miniseries, three two hour episodes. It was also released as six one hour episodes, which I think you guys might have seen. No, 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 no. three doubles, three th- three yeah. du- three double episodes, but. Uh, it's like very clearly three double episodes. Because it was released as six one-hour episodes in some places, and I think uh, possibly the Australian DVD might be in the six one-hours. I'm not sure. Italy? But anyway, it, it's... In, I know there was a dubbed Italian version. There's, there's various places in which it's... Yeah. So it's three two-hour episodes. It was intended as a as a backdoor pilot, oh. um, in a way, which is why the end doesn't actually make any sense. Uh, the, the end is terrible. But, oh, it makes sense, but um, it just opens up but, so many other doors. But I'm going to start. Peter Krauss... Peter Krause, who you will remember, of course, uh, as Nate from uh, from that show that Josh likes. West Wing. From Six Feet <laughs> Under. Um, who I, I loved was an actor. He's playing the same role in this, but I think he's great. Uh, I, I re-watched, re-watched the first two-hour um, segment because I had watched this before um, with the evil Dr. Chris, who then went on to watch the rest of it. So then I got him to remind me of the plot at the end. He'd go, and what happens? Who does what? What? Doesn't make any sense. Anyway, but um, it's really cool. I think this is a really fun series. I think it's weird that it felt... We've talked occasionally about shows that were slightly too early. Um, mm-hmm. I think Action, for example, the the Jay Moore show. I don't know if you guys remember that. If that had been made about four years later, Ileana Douglas, Jay Moore, he plays a, um, a head of a, a TV, as a head of a film division who hires uh, this um, prostitute to make all these decisions about what to make. I always felt, felt that was a show that had been made about four years later would still be on air because it was mm. really great. C- Cupid is, a, is is the same way. Cupid, yeah. And this is another one that I kind of felt it's so weird how elements of this reminded me of things like Heroes and, and you, know, you it could have been lost. It could have done all this other stuff. And yet it kind of... There's not a lot of information about the, about the Lost Room even on the internet where you would expect it to live because this is a geek's wet dream, yeah. this show. It's it's fun. Like, I I remember watching... I remember I, I did uh, I did get my hands on the first episode back in two thousand and six, and I remember watching the first five minutes of it and going, oh, "I don't need another one of these shows." Thinking it was just a ooh bizarre crime cop show. X Files. Because the uh, the opening is so bad, the opening does not set you up 
for the show. Really? I have no problems with the opening at all. I'm surprised actually, re-watching it again, I'm surprised how strong it was. My memory the first time I watched it was I was annoyed he was a a policeman because I was actually just a bit bored of the fact that it's always cops or journalists in American shows. But, of course, that's because those are people you can drop into a story immediately. You know, you don't need any, mm. any reason to get those people into the story. They, they have a stereotype they can just well, they, yeah, you can pull be, on like a you can be told, comfortable old pair of slippers. But, but it's more like, yeah, they get told to go to the, you know, please go to the beginning of the plot, and they go there because that's their job. Yeah, you know, so, but... Um, but, but, but if he, if instead of uh, a policeman, he was a, uh, a social worker and Iggy, and knew Iggy the, yeah, right. the and troubled you, teen. Knew Iggy the troubled teen and discovered that Iggy had this key. Sure, yeah. Uh, then, you know, that, that could also work. And you wouldn't have to have that so horribly cliched, have you got the stuff? I want the money. Wait! Intruders! Oh, no, I quite like that. It starts off as a heist, which and, then goes very strange. And, um, and I, I, I tried to kind of get into this a few times um, just before going to sleep, but... Uh, Going back to that first scene, the, I hadn't I hadn't taken in that uh, he actually has his own door that he goes he in. He brings and, a door with him to check to check the yeah, yeah. Oh, which is quite lovely. Oh, I that thought. that bit's pretty cool, but the rest of it, like, I just uh, that beginning just didn't invite me into the show. Mm. And and once I got past but that, it once I got about it up with the pen, once I got about fifteen minutes into the show, I just went. Oh, I love these. But I, you know, I love all the groups. There's like cabals and there's some... Because also there's this big belief about what happened in this hotel room in 1961 that led to all these objects being created. And they're saying it could be physics, it could be metaphysics. So someone says it's actually God having some kind of joke. Pieces of God or... Yeah, and there's this whole... And I actually loved all of that. I thought was great. And it's funny how I, f- I do find the end disappointing that, that it sort of clears things up a bit. But there's also... There's, a, um, there's a, another cop who knew him and there's a forensics guy... They seem to be off on their own storyline, which to me looks like it's setting it up for the TV series yep. that will then yes. come. And I kept waiting for their plots to, to dovetail back into the main plot, and they never do. Like, they never, ever reconnect with, with the main plot because they're obviously going to be continued when Peter Krause isn't coming back for the TV series. Oh, the other cop does? The, the, he ends up at a hospital at the end, I think. Yeah, the, that, last, the last two episodes, he's, uh, he's, he's not really in absent. it at all. Uh, same oh, I'm talking about the female cop. No, no, well, uh, I'm talking about her and, and, and the forensics dude. But yeah. Anyway, without going well, to be too, too spoilery. He's same, the thing. <laughs> same with, uh, with uh, Mr. Usual Suspects, uh, whose Kevin name... Pollock. Thank you. Uh, Quite enjoyed him. He, who but is this, this rich uh, collector. This, yeah, a, a rich guy who, who collects the objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two episodes where he's just not in it at it. At all, which he just, he's a great character. He's a really good idea. Oh, he's a, for the character a, a too. fantastic character. It, there, it, there are lots of good characters. I think the the guy who reminds me so much of Tony Shalhoub uh, with the bus ticket with the bus ticket yes. is also is also a really yeah. good character. It's it's full of good characters, but then there are also some really cliched bits. I quite, that, I quite that like said, it's this, fun. This might be a cliche bit, but Margaret Cho, comedian Margaret Cho, turns up just, I think, in two scenes as a woman who tracks objects. And I just oh, really like yeah. seeing her. Yeah, it was just like, oh, it's Margaret Cho. That was, it's a much better use of Margaret Cho than uh, Drop Dead Diva. There, there's also just lovely lines through it. There's some really nice spiky dialogue. Like, one of my favourite bits is when uh, Peter Krauss comes after some of the bad guys. And one of them goes, what's the gun do? Which is just hilarious, because by this point, you're so used to every object does weird stuff. So, what's the gun do? And he goes, it, 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 it bullets really fast. Like he's he's confused as to why this is an issue. 
and then also just it's such a geek thing. The idea it's it's about collecting. You know, there's all the objects to collect. There's um, and they all do cool stuff. And if you put them together, they do different cool stuff. One thing I noticed in all the TV shows we talk about on this show, if anyone ever sets up their TV show um, for the five to seven season run by putting a number into it, it always fails. So in Cupid, I think he had to get a hundred couples yep. together before he could go back to heaven or wherever it was. Uh, the X list, she had uh, like 50, yeah. 50. Yeah. It was, like, it was a number. It was like 50 people. Yeah. So it's always obviously kind of roughly five seasons worth to, to kind of get through. And this has the hundred objects, you know, and it's, it's fairly obviously just, you know. It's not going to go past the, the miniseries. The minute you put that number in, you've, you've doomed your show. Really? Uh, no, but it was never specific about it. It, it wasn't 100 objects. Well, it was at it least 100 At least 100, objects. but it, it did yeah. seem enough to kind of, you know, you could hunt them. Yeah, the, yeah. But, but, it, kind but of the also, coat was still in there. That was mm-hmm. curious. But it wasn't the... What does uh, the coat hanger do? It wasn't <laughs> the first... Um, it, it, it wasn't the first... So Sorry, it wasn't one item per episode. No, but I, I did suspect it, it could become that if... Yeah, if it was an ongoing series, you might focus on items. Yeah. I don't know. This this is one of the rare things we've looked at where I actually think it would have made a better feature film than it actually did uh, a mini series. I, I still I still think if you take cut out the first fifteen minutes of the of the first episode, the last ten minutes of the last episode, you've got a really excellent six episode series. I think the the last ten minutes. Uh, lets it down. I really a, like a the intro. Bit. I'm surprised you because the intro to yeah. me is great because it starts off like a generic crime heist thing, which I actually quite like, mm. and then just gets weird. I think in 2006, I had seen so many generic crime things that started with a heist, right? Yeah, yeah. that uh, it just didn't. That's not. That's not going to grab me. Mm-hmm. That's just going to make me go. It's the same as always. Uh, if you you know, but start it with a door that goes to to anywhere, and you've got me hooked. That's that's it. I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, there is some really great emotion in that last episode as well. A really lovely emotional journey uh, right towards the end, up until about ten minutes before the end. Uh, and that last ten minutes, just uh, the emotional journey for Peter Krauss. Uh, I, you know what? I don't want to say too much. I'm just saying. That there is some great emotional drama it's in funny, there as this well. This is a show which much of the interest is the reveals of stuff. Because obviously yeah. there's a woman who I think is a librarian off the top of my head now. Who again, it's a, she only really gets like one scene. She's in Lost. Is she? Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing scene though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great, great scene. And a, a beautiful reveal. And this is something that uh, The Lost Room does really well. Is these think these the reveals. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you about it now. Because yeah, yeah. we're clearly not trying to do spoilers <laughs> for the audience, Brett. Um, no, something we haven't we haven't uh, covered as yet. We may do. And maybe off the back of this we should. Warehouse 13. Some are saying that that is the, uh, the logical series uh, follow-up to The Lost Room. I can see the connection. Do I have, do I have to watch it? But yeah, but, I think we should. But the problem is on Warehouse 13 doesn't appear to be very good. It's not. Yeah. I can take a bullet. I've watched some. Yeah. I've watched one. Well, I've, watched I've taken box a, covers out there, taking the pain so I've you taken, don't have to. <laughs> I've taken a third of a bullet. <laughs> You've seen one episode. It's, just, it's fringe without the giant letters. See, I don't mind fringe. But you guys are just obsessing letters. about giant letters. Speaking of obsessing stuff, a couple of things that annoyed me. Mm. Um, leukemia in children, eminently uh, treatable. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's, but it's a cinematic annoying. Yeah, but not 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 necessarily. And uh, and reverse and things in a reflection. What do you what do you mean? Look the right way around. Every time anybody looked out the motel window, there oh, would really? be motel in reverse. On there, looking at the back of the sign, the motel sign. Huh? Mm. What? 
when they're in the in the row. Yeah, but yeah. but it's a crazy it's a crazy window. metaphysical yeah. world though, isn't it? You we know? would have the perspective from the outside of the motel looking at them looking outside. On the glass would be the reflection of the motel sign, which was a neon outline sign saying motel. But it was the right way around. No, not the right way around, but it should have been because they're looking at the back of the sign and in reflection that should be the right way. The sign's double-sided. No. The sign that sits on the side of the road. Not the high one, the low one (laughs) that says motel. All right, clearly you're focusing on the wrong things, Brett. You're focusing on the wrong things. That's the lost Come on, room. It's sci-fi. They should get the science <laughs> right. It's physics. It's metaphysics, though. It's a metaphysical room. The lost room. It's available on DVD. It's easily findable on DVD. It's in JB Hi-Fi's uh, sale at the moment, I believe. The, oh, really? Uh, the, the buy two for thirteen bucks each and get another one for and free. It, if that's still going on, it was part of that. It has actually screened here. It was on uh, Showtime Australia. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, back in uh, 2000, uh, back in March last year. Um, it, uh, unfortunately, it seems that even the people at uh, Showtime hadn't watched it because they open on the blurb uh, on their website in this Emmy nominating original showcase presentation set in the 1960s. No. Oh. Uh, it is yeah. actually weird for a show that, that I must say, which you think would have a following. Like, it, it feels the kind of show that, that if it was a TV show, would have had a crazed kind of obsessive following. There is a very little information out there about it. And the people who made it haven't done anything according to IMDb since then. It, it, it would make a great online multiplayer game, I think. Yeah. Where people have to work together, solve clues, etc., etc., etc. Anyway, that's The Lost Room. is available on DVD. Pick it up. I think, I think it's, it's worth a look. I, I found it uh, quite watchable. And then you can, uh, you know, pass it on to a friend and give them the gift of good television. Oh, and Anna put me onto it. Got to thank her. Good evening, viewers. This is Sandra Sultry. I've been playing with my box on the box cutters. Brett Cropley, you went to the movies and watched television. Yes. How'd that go? After a fashion. Uh, I went to a special screening of Flash Forward, um, uh, which is uh, coming up on Channel 7. Is it actually later this month? No. So, is it opening no. in the States later this month? No. There was, there was a whole special date thing. Yeah, but... After Lost. It's airing After uh, Lost. Uh, but like, there was an NDA to September. That was weird. Um, you did say Channel 7's playing ads for it now. As well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Channel 7 are playing full ads rather than just flashes of things and mm-hmm. then what did you see? Bro, yeah, bro. but uh, it's, it's not the first time that uh, a network will have given us a year advanced teaser for, for a show. They do do that. They uh, do. Evidence. Well, Glee was played a while back. That wasn't a year, but that was... Uh, e- evidence is... Uh, Every year when Channel 7 announces their new shows for the next year and only three of them actually yeah, ever plays. get to air. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Channel 9 with uh, Pushing Daisies, I believe, would be something like that. They, they released that in a special DVD in The Age and still never played it. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting screening. It, uh, I did wonder, and I'd, I'd sent a bunch of questions back to uh, our, our friends at Channel 7, um, but uh, didn't get any answers. Uh, it looked like they were screening the, the NTSC version of... Uh... It, was, it, was a, uh, it was a DVD. I, I know this because I tried to work out a way that I could actually get to see it. I, for uh, various reasons, I could not get to the screening. Yeah. It was a DVD that had come from uh, the US. Uh-huh. One DVD, uh, and that's all there was, and a Disney representative was with the DVD at all times. Just DVD, not even high def. Interesting. I don't know. He's missed the point again, though, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he really has. Disney representative, I think, was the important part of the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
There's, he didn't have just, a beard. There's just a... No, he couldn't. He wasn't allowed. Uh, so th- it was just the disc. So, yes, quite possibly uh, it was uh, it was NTSC. Or maybe the Kino's, uh, the, the Kino's digital projection isn't very good. He was chained to the disc, so he couldn't actually play it. But it's, it's tr- <laughs> it would go into the player and he would just spin around. It was awful. Also, I, I wondered, uh, do you know, was it a work in progress or is it the, uh, the final thing? Because obviously, Josh, you got uh, the the more details about what uh, to expect at the screening. Because the the special effects looked really, really unfinished. Yeah, they didn't they didn't tell me any of that other than it was. Uh, that's what they're screening like. There's there's really bizarre. So what was what was the experience though? Was it like uh, were there supermodels with canapes? Was it you know was it a big event or did you all just sort of turn up and they just went oh here it is? Oh no, you know there was a table with some food and and uh, a couple of drinks and uh, a bit of milling about and then into the cinema, bit of a chat from the Disney dude. And uh, have a look at it. And you had to sign, you know, various documents to say that you would not reveal the yeah. secret ending to your friends. Yeah. Yes. So what was yeah. it? What can you not reveal? I can't tell you. No, go on. What was it? I could tell you, but then I have to kill you. What was it really? And uh, the go listeners would not get episode one hundred ninety-five <laughs> of Box Cutters. Um, so, so it's about. Uh, do we do we know the story? It's a, a the main character seems to be this cop um, who. Uh, who is investigating what happens on this one day at the exact same time where everybody around the world uh, seems to pass out. But while they're passed out, they, they have these very realistic dreams and uh, it turns out that they have all seen what's happening exactly six months ahead. Ah, six months. Because I've read the, uh, the book by Robert J. Sawyer and in the book, uh, due to the uh, large Hadron Collider, Hadron Collider, uh, at CERN, at the black hole, uh, the there's uh, they, uh, they they bash two particles together. Everybody in the world blacks out uh, for for two minutes or one minute fifty three seconds, and they actually see uh, the year twenty thirty. Well, I was going to ask because if it's only six months ahead, that's not giving you much time to actually do an ongoing series, is it? That that seems to imply only be one season because you're going to catch up with that point. At the end of series one. I um, well, his flash forward is uh, is in a very typical kind of detective trying to solve the case uh, kind of uh, room with a pin board and, and all these words that don't necessarily make any sense uh, to him at that point six months previous. But it does seem that there's some massive conspiracy behind it and uh, I assume that it will continue on beyond the flash forward and then they'll just be working with what they don't know. Oh, massive conspiracy. But, but he's investigated it for six months and, and uh, knows uh, what's going to happen uh, at that point. Um, so, so like, it's, it's very exciting and uh, they're in the middle of a, a car chase after a perp uh, kind of deal when the flash happens and uh, he has the dream and comes back and like there are just massive road crashes all over the place, buildings on fire, uh, planes have gone down all over the place, just general mayhem basically. Um, and uh, that was where the worst of the effects stuff was. Mm-hmm. They had a kangaroo hopping down the street that looked so blue screened. It was bizarre. Um, <coughs> interesting cast they've got. Uh, they've got for it. They've got two people from Lost, or at least two people from Lost: uh, Dominic Mo- Monaghan and uh, Sonia Welger. Uh, they also have uh, Joseph Fiennes, mm-hmm. uh, who's uh, Ray Fiennes' brother. Yes, he's sort of come down since uh, Shakespeare in Love, hasn't he? Yeah, just a little bit. 
with the uh, so so uh, what was the event like? So you go and watch television in a cinema. Uh, there was nothing particularly special about the event. Can you make something up then, just to make it more interesting? No, no, okay, no. It's about, the, it's about the show. It's not about the event. Uh, no. It's about the art. Yeah. See, that's what it if is, If it was Josh, a red carpet You're thing. demeaning it by, by I, trying to make it about anything other than the I art. think you guys were uh, imagining uh, kind of uh, completely the wrong uh, scenario. But um, there, are, there are things that annoyed me through it. Uh, but, but definitely the story and the teasers uh, were more than enough to, to hook me in, uh, especially the, the very last one. Uh, they they all ha- kind of have the flash and and then they're back at the t- detective agency kind of discussing what happened and um, and it very much reminded me of a, a scene in Family Guy with Peter Griffin saying I love it when you see a show and they actually use the title in in <laughs> the show it's like that's the magic point and uh, the magic point comes up and then they just keep on saying flash forward flash forward flash forward. But I suppose the, the point is it's meant to be like you know, 9/11 or something isn't it that that you would name an event like that and then that term would get used repeatedly. So on that okay so I'm, I'm willing to think. What, one of the things I liked about the uh, the book is that different places call it different things. So mm-hmm. uh, some countries call it a flash forward some co- Countries call it the phenomenon. Yeah. Some just call it the occurrence. Well, we call it September 11th. The yeah. event it was called in the Lost Room. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so, the, so all they've done is they've taken the premise uh, and even then whittled it down. Is it going to be a different character every week? Is that what it seems like, or is it going to? Follow? No, 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 it'll be it'll be detective led uh, as, as he is uh, trying to, uh, for the first six months, emulate. Uh, his knowledge that he saw in his flash forward um, and uh, then continue on from there. Perhaps we'll see, uh, we'll get some teasers about uh, from the perspective of people involved in the conspiracy that I'm assuming is uh, going on. So it would seem what we've learned is that uh, dramas about strange events with metaphysical possible you know, backgrounds, you have policemen, uh, shows about men having middle-aged crises, School teachers, mm, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. and there's a there's a lot of uh, there is a lot of uh, buzz about this show about it being a sci-fi. I didn't find it particularly sci-fi-ish. Uh, the, well, the concept—it's it, probably just the premise. The, the premise in itself is sci-fi, yeah. uh, and they're probably just saying it because they want to try to get some sci-fi audience because they know that because that gonna... always rates well at Australian yeah. television, yeah. Because they really want to play at eleven thirty. But really, isn't that going to be, be putting off so much of what, the rest of the? Australian what I love, audience? what I love about what Channel Seven's doing with Flash Forward is, is they're saying, we really think it's going to appeal to the people who like Lost, uh, but then they've just pushed Lost later yeah, and later, yeah, yeah. and they treat uh, it so badly. So I, I, I don't really understand what they're doing. In, Unless it's in that the opposite, because remember when they played Torchwood on with Channel Ten, and they tried to promote it as just being a cop show. They deliberately avoided mentioning any science fiction element in the ads. And then people watched it thinking it was going to be a cop show and were disappointed. So maybe they're just being yeah, more honest about it. But just saying, it's like Lost. That would be enough. Yeah, to turn a lot of people off because a lot of people just, you know, lost interest in Lost. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's a See, everybody moaned it. about, oh, there's too many mysteries in there. And then once they started answering the mysteries, everybody turned Oh, they're answering too many mysteries. Yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, I, I, did, uh, I did just find out on TV.com. You know when it's coming up? Uh, there is a, uh, an episode that is listed as 24th of September. Yes. 
but then all the other episodes are not listed at all. So I think they're doing a glee, a teaser in a glee kind of thing where they're going to have that episode that you saw, and then once Lost finishes, that'll just go into uh, into flash forward in the same time slot. So is that April next year? Uh, that is April next year, uh, which is also when the flash forwards are. Uh, set so it's course, six I months from yep. April yep. 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 2010. If you watch one thing, John Richards, yeah. If you had television access at your house, oh, I dream one day. What would you be Have watching? You watched The Wire yet? Uh, no. What? What? I decided to. Oh, he's turning my mic off again. No, no that's it. Fine. I just I decided to just watch all my old Thirty Rocks again. Oh, <laughs> I'm John. going I'm going through Thirty Rock again. It's so good. I want to I want to take it out behind the middle school and get it pregnant. Uh, Thursday, September tenth. Yes. At nine twenty seven p.m. That's specific. Oh, it's a three minute specific. show. It's a three minute show. I would be watching Beach Daz. Oh, on no. ABC Two. No. Now I'm going to read out the, no. the the actual description from because I can't tell if this is the end of television or the beginning of a golden age. What and and this is something that Dan Illich yes. uh, yep. mentioned when he yeah, came it, in. It should be Illich. He's just wrong. Yeah. But yeah, Dan Illich talked about the fact uh, in, in his show and on on this show as well about the the beached um, YouTube sort of video viral video which then got sold for like a million dollars to Super to become a T-shirt. So. You know, there's hope for us all. Um, it's also now been developed into a TV show by the ABC. So this is the exact description. The internet sensation Beached Whale spawns an ABC series, a hilarious animation about a whale who finds himself beached on the shores of New Zealand and the bizarre range of wildlife he meets. This week, The Seagull. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it is only a three-minute show? It's a three-minute show. Okay, well, that's good, because I'm going, how are you going to uh, pull 13 <laughs> half hours out of no, that premise? That's the challenge, though. See, no, no, you see, you've said that. Now, for me, it's going, oh, that'd be brilliant, half-hour sitcom, which is always based around a whale that's beached. Did and you it's guys the different not, people that, you know... pick up on this? I think the ABC has actually greenlit a development of a, of a full series of this of, concept. Of thir- 13 episodes of half, half hours, an hour. Though. This is because there's a full three-minute series. From... from I think you're thinking of the same one. It's only three minutes, and it's on every week. Three minutes is like no. It was recently greenlit in, in that they both have yeah, yeah. threes. In I think them. I think this is possibly the same one you're thinking of. I'm dreading. But you're saying that they're way. already around. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying it's an internet sensation, and this is yeah, the first episode I think of of this series. The ABC has greenlit. It's not going to take long to make because let's face it, they're three minutes, and they probably involve one shot. Yeah, they did. Flash. They did make that yeah. like in one night. <laughs> yes. So, so, so look, it could be dreadful. Don't um, do it. It could be the future of where we're going. That's why, you know, for for any reason, nine twenty-seven p.m. Thursday, September tenth. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, we're currently recording on Monday afternoon, Tuesday, the eighth of September, two thousand and nine, on ABC One uh, at eight thirty. The Wild West is the name of the series, and uh, this episode is Custer's Last Stand. Uh, talking about General George Armstrong Custer smoking the peace pipe. My and, uh, um, my, my favorite's getting... chocolate. I like hey, chocolate hey, Custer. This, this is a, this is a documentary series. What is this? Uh, well, it seems to uh, to be uh, yes, looking into. Well, not documentary as far as they had cameras rolling while Custer was there with his last stand. But, um, you don't need to have for a No, I'm still confused, though. Is it, is it actors acting or is it people talking to camera about Custer? Uh, 
Good question. It doesn't say in the blurb. Okay. You know what? It Watch it and find out. <laughs> Bring us some information, Brett, please. I'm not sure where the question was coming from. The, the, the question is, uh, what, what kind is of show the show? Is it? What is the show you're recommending? All, all you're saying is you just <laughs> wanted to say it. Peace Pipe. No, no, no. And a title. That's all you've got oh, is a sorry, title. No. Yeah, all you've got is, is a title, which is also just a phrase from a moment in history. Is it a 3D interactive so musical? We don't know. No, we don't know. No, we don't know. And uh, and Dice TV didn't give e- any of that information. Also, oh, now you're blaming Mark Edwards. Obviously, they didn't think that it was perfect. Yeah, just now you're blaming Mark Edwards. And Ice no, T. No, 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 don't no, blame no, Ice no, T. No. Don't bring him into this. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, apparently, uh, there there are lots of myths surrounding Custer's Last Stand uh, that have been long standing, and uh, this uh, busts some of those. Possibly. Oh, it did Oliver Stone make it? <laughs> Oliver Stone made it, didn't he? No, uh, didn't Jamie Heineman. And, um, uh, the uh, uh, you know what I'm, I'm intrigued by uh, Monday nights on the Comedy Channel, uh, the new Denton series called oh, no. Thirty Seconds. So it's been on. No, it's uh, it starts. starts starting. It's starting this week, uh, so it might be repeated at some stage. Uh, but otherwise, if you're listening to this any time after Monday night, next Monday at uh, eight p.m. Uh, on the Comedy Channel, Thirty Seconds. Uh, I think it's probably going to be worth a look because, you know, support new It's got stuff. a lot of advertising. There's a lot of uh, ads on tram stops and things, which are all kind of dreadful, but um, I'm still hoping. Yeah. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. As we did mention, get your pitches in for our uh, pitch competition for going into the chance to win a crumpler yeah. beanbag. Smack your pitch up. Thank you to crumpler. And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 195. Oh, I had letters. Oh, you did have letters. I did have letters. They were good letters. You didn't, good yeah, letter somebody people. didn't put it on the schedule. That's well, because it was a last minute kind yeah, of edition. it's a last minute letter. I also had, I had a possibly controversial pork that uh, it came to my attention from reading the blog. Apparently... Someone doesn't like the goodies. <gasps> yes! I was shocked. And really? admittedly, this person did, you know, he did, he did say that it might cause I did postscript it saying, did, uh, did. I'm not going to make any friends with this. No. I, I was just shocked. And no, you're not. Especially because you went on to compare, the, and I, that person is, of course, Brett Cropley. You went on to compare the goodies well, to, to, to various, you know, um, love thy neighbour, mind your language, keeping up appearances, Benny Hill, member having badly, coupling, are you being served, some others do have in Robin's Nest. The goodies on the buses. I, I'm just, I really wouldn't have put the goodies in amongst that. No, list, so plus uh, Robin's Nest has an apostrophe. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's the important thing. Uh, yeah, the goodies. Yeah. Really, Brett? Yeah. I just think I just, you haven't watched it properly. Do, do, well, do I've you got really all find of the episodes and, 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 and I've, I've looked at it. Well, well kind of that, that generation of British comedy generally, yes. Mm. Oh, no, generally yeah. I agree. But I'm just saying the goodies to me was um, never because the goodies to me was a the a, goodies a weird the goodies was cartoon-y. kind of using humour to stick it up Thatcher a little bit. Yeah. So, so in that way, it was good, but it was still pretty infantile. It, it didn't have the racism or misogynism so, or the bigotry. Well, that's what I'm saying because also it was intended as, um, as, a, as a kids show, a family show anyway, yeah. compared to you know, those others. It was actually meant to be a. And to me, things like you know the episode where the the, where the building is encased no, in concrete is still all the world's ending at midnight. Those to me just not, stand up as it's as, not a family show. It was it's, intended as well. No. No, there are boobs in it. 
There are boobs yeah, in it. But in the which, UK at the time, they had boobs on the news. It was, you know, that was a thing that oh, did. Yeah. News Top, boob. Topless darts news was, was a very common oh, show. And there's right. never, never boobs in uh, the, the version on ABC. No, no. And that's that's the interesting thing. To, to watch it on it was uh, on DVD, you strange. see all the things that it that the ABC cut used to cut that, But the ABC used to cut all sorts of random jokes. And you would suddenly just get this... Jump and hilarious laughter. And as a kid, I was always aware that I had just missed out on whatever the funniest joke was in, oh, in the whole show. Kenny Everett video cassettes, uh, they only ever showed half the dance routine because the second half every night was uh, naked. Oh, because it was. Because That's it a was, lie. It, it was That's hot gossip. Lie. It was hot gossip, a, a very well known. British yeah. strip group, but hot gossip would just kind of like oh, look at me, I'm wearing spandex. Oh, I'm saucy. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't really. Yeah, they were neither hot nor gossipy. That was all the uh, the the build up to uh, halfway through. <laughs> you lie. Pay off. Have you got is lying? Is is that actually a lie? Are yeah. you just making that <laughs> up? Because <laughs> it sounds it sounds true. I never understood hot gossip. No, I never understood. No, I, ne- I never understood. Especially either. given he was gay. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, but, you know, weren't we all back then? <laughs> weren't we all, Brett? That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 195. I want to say thanks so much to Tom Elliott, our correspondent, who came in to tell us things about stuff, because that's what he knows. Uh, thanks to all the letters writers. I'll try and read yours out next week if we get time. Yeah, that that, that yeah. would be nice. Uh until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. And I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. No, no, I was just trying to think. Or do I? <laughs> I was just trying to think because uh, I, I did make mental notes, but I, I forgot to write it down that, uh, that it has changed. Channel 7, don't say thanks for watching 7. Right. Um, and, and I just couldn't think of it. Uh, catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel, maybe. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and hey, let's be careful out there. Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. Why can't you ever just say your ending the way you're supposed to say it? Why do, why do you always pause no, the, you, and then you always, you always pause and then go, are we actually going to be here at exactly the same time <laughs> next week? I don't think anyone actually, because they just get it on podcasts. They just get it when it's up. Sometimes they'll wait for it. Sometimes they won't. Usually they'll, you know, that's what I'm saying. All my Twitter followers, uh, they know it's coming out early tonight. John, do you, uh, do you want to read out one of your letters now? Oh, uh... See, now, you, now you've, you've thrown me. Oh, this one's from Noodles. Noodles said, I think the faulty episode where it all stuffs up sounds like you're pretending to be Daleks or Cybermen, and seriously, you can't get more cooler than that. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters. <laughs>